Hello, and welcome to Dinner at Giffney's with your host, Tekum Ironhoof. Before we begin, I just want to remind everyone that we have our own Patreon. With tiers starting as low as $1 per month, you can show even more appreciation. Every member, no matter which tier you choose, will receive their own badge on the Dinner at Giffney's website and a personal call-out at the end of each episode. Starting at the $5 tier, you will receive an exclusive Dinner at Yiffney sticker. And at our top tier, you will receive an even more exclusive t-shirt. All proceeds will be going toward paying for the podcast expenses, including paying voice actors and authors for their contributions. And if we have anything left over at the end of the year, Patreon members will get to decide which charity the remaining funds go to. On tonight's episode, we present a story by me. I wrote this story for Zolifer after they won it as part of Chestnut Luna's raffle on the Equine Furry Creators Discord. We sincerely hope you enjoy Delusions of Grandeur by Takeham Ironhoof. Today is a very special day here in the valley. Five years ago, while swimming in what I now know to be Humming Song Lake, I watched the skies from just behind the waterfall as a brilliant blue sapphire dragon with white horns, yellow wings, and a tail frill soar across the waters of my home. While I had always admired dragons, I knew well enough not to approach one without being told to. Over the years that I've lived here, the dragons often stopped here to catch fish, hunt game, or or just stop for a cool drink, but never had I seen such an amazing and enchantingly colored dragon. I simply couldn't help myself as I began swimming slowly toward the opposite shore where my future mistress now stood surveying her surroundings. I'll never forget the first thing she said to me that day. And who might you be, so brave to approach me? And with that, I was suddenly aware to my core of not only her beauty but also the sheer terror of being within grabbing distance of a dragon. To make a much longer story short, Jenna Day was looking for a new place to call her home. She told me her name for the lake, as well as the surrounding area, a forest by the name of Archivus, all of which lay inside of the Arathusa Valley. By sheer luck, Jenna Day had already gotten her feel from the local creatures of the valley, Uh, Upon seeing me, the ferocious dragoness knew I was no ordinary wild animal, but a sentient being. She said, Your eyes have a sparkle to them, and you seem quite resourceful. What is your name, Shark Dog? Nexon, I said. I I live behind the falls, your dragoness. Fright overtook me as Jenaday let out a thunderous laugh before replying. Ho, 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 please, my dear Nexon. Call me Jenaday. Though, I suppose you could call me Mistress. Her voice trailed off with a slight grin on her face. As her beauty enraptured me, I could only feel as if her words elicited desire and eased my fears. Mistress, I whispered, but audibly enough for Jenaday to hear me. She lowered her head to my level, her eye half as big as my whole body. Indeed, Nexon, I'll make you a deal, little one. If you continue to be useful, I'll allow you to continue living here, 
Think of it as being my little pet. I often think about that moment. It was the first time I can remember becoming erect merely from words. But I couldn't help myself. Regardless, whether through my natural charm or some other reasoning, Jenna Day kept her word and life has been good. Shortly after taking over the cave behind the falls, another dragon, uniquely colored, also came to live here. Her name was Arisha. Her head was an aqua color. Her neck and midsection was lavender in shade and her rear was purple, much like her horns and claws. The entirety of her underbelly to the tip of her tail was a pearlescent white and her wings were much like a rainbow. Jenaday often liked to tease Miss Orisha by calling her Skittles, whatever that meant. It's been an interesting experience living amongst these two dragons. Orisha is often more jovial and juvenile when compared to Jenaday. At least two or three times per week, Orisha would ask me to play games or some other fun activity. Sometimes Jenaday would join, but more often than not, it was just Arisha and I. Though Arisha was a playful sort, she would and still does often tease me. She often tells me she sees how I look at Jenaday, and she can tell that I long to be like them, large, proud creatures of the sky. And if I didn't know any better, you'd like to be Jenaday's mate too, wouldn't you, Nixon? Arisha would say before cackling out a laugh. Though she was joking, because it was an absurd desire, Arisha's joke held more truth than she realized. Just imagine, Nixon, being as big or bigger than Jenaday, mounting her, burying yourself deep into her slit. Arisha sure loved to tease me with my most intimate desires, but I doubt she'll ever realize just how right she was. It wasn't meant to be, however. Besides not being a dragon myself... Jenaday and Arisha were also lovers more than just dwelling mates. Much to my chagrin, Jenaday has always forced me to leave the caves during those times when... Arisha and I need a little alone time. It was always obvious to me what that meant, even without the noises emanating from the waterfall. There was only one time I tried to re-enter the caves during those times... Let's just say that Jenaday's wrath was not to be taken lightly. I'd never seen her so mad at me before or since. However, this didn't stop me from continuing to fantasize. Never once did it deter me from being as close to the cave as I could and listen intently while my imagination ran wild and my curiosity along with it. Whether Jenaday or Arisha realized it, Today is the fifth anniversary of Jenaday's arrival, and also the very first time that Jenaday hasn't asked me to leave the cave. I could tell by the conversation the two dragons were having which direction the evening was headed. So of my own accord, I made my way toward the mouth of our abode. Usually the two ladies of the house don't begin making their guttural noises until I'm well away from the cave, but not tonight. No, tonight I had just reached the entrance when I heard the first moans. The wind outside was blowing strong enough to throw water inward, drenching me. It was even strong enough to blow the remote sense of the forest back into the cave. I'm still not sure if it was insanity or my curiosity, but just finally... I'm not sure if it was insanity or my curiosity... 
that had just finally gotten the better of me, but I convinced myself to make my way back into the depths of the cave. Jenaday never asked me to leave tonight, I thought to myself. Slowly, I made my way back to what could be considered the bedchambers of my mistress's home. I walked as quietly as I could, sticking to the shadows the entire way as my heart beat hard and fast in my chest. Admittedly, the beating of my heart wasn't the only thing becoming hard as my excitement grew. I could feel my sheath growing tight as my manhood engorged. It was only fear that kept me from being fully erect at the moment. My head was filled with what I might see once I arrived where I was going. Their moans continued to echo throughout the passageways, low and rumbling interspersed with short squeals and chirps. Some sounds coming from them I had never heard before and would have thought impossible. Besides the noises, a scent filled my nose as I got closer. Something I hadn't picked up before, but on a primal level, I knew exactly what it was. The mixing sexual arousals of Jenaday and Arisha. I paused for a moment and lifted my nose into the air, taking in a slow, deep breath my shaft involuntarily flexed, pre-cum also making its way up and out of the tip, now slightly poking out. It took everything in me not to masturbate there and then, however. I took one of my four paws off the floor and pressed it down the length of my shaft. More of my cock was forced out of its warm home and the cool air caused another involuntary flex. This time, pre-cum dripping out and onto the floor. For a moment, I thought I was imagining it, but I heard Jenaday speak. Arisha, get on your back now. With a tone that only the most thoroughly trained sub could muster, Arisha replied, Yes, mistress. If I thought I was aroused before, I was officially horny now. I could have never imagined a dragon being submissive. And then just as quickly, I imagined myself as an equal, a, a proud dragon and Jenaday submitting to me. My delusions of grandeur were interrupted as a roar of pleasure echoed throughout the passages. As quietly as I could, I hurried to the entrance of my master's bedchambers. The firelight poured through the entryway, and the humid air was filled with the obvious arousal of two dragonesses. Though my heart pounded desperately in my chest, the sounds of my movements were drowned out by the moans of the two lovers and the crackling wood of the fire. With my back pressed hard against the darkened entryway, I took a moment to breathe before peeking my head around to witness the sight that, until now, I've only heard from a distance. Their visage was... magical. Both dragons were laying chest to chest, fully exposed, mouths locked in a deep, passionate kiss, and Jenaday had her tail plunged into the depths of Arisha. The dragoness was deftly skilled, as made apparent by the continuing moans coming from Arisha, her arousal dripping from her slit, and Jenaday's tail completely covered. Without so much as I thought, my cock was once again throbbing hard, pre-cum already heavy on the tip. 
Unconsciously, with each thrust of Jenaday's tail, I stroked myself, matching her movements while imagining myself also being a powerful dragon. The dragons broke their kiss and Jenaday spoke. Arisha, use the necklace. <laughs> Gladly. With no further words, Arisha moved her body around to stand, Jenaday's tail still stuffed and pumping within Arisha's slit. It was apparent Jenaday liked to see Arisha squirm from pleasure, while also trying to obey her commands. Though my mind was still racing with lust, I briefly questioned what Jenaday meant. It didn't take long for an answer to come. As Arisha reached up to her neck and fiddled with her necklace, a cloud charm that matched her earring and was a gift from Jenaday to represent her. And just as my orgasm was about to reach its climax, I stopped pleasuring myself as I watched Arisha's body become... wispy. Suddenly, Arisha was translucent, still in the same shape and color, but appeared to be made of mist... My eyes were immediately drawn to Arisha's vertical slit, a, a rarity amongst the dragon kind, and I could see the dark color of Jenaday's tail through the area where Arisha's flesh once was, still is, but now made of mist or fog. It was as if a breeze had blown through the grotto when Arisha's form swirled around the now face. It was as if a breeze had blown through the grotto when Arisha's form swirled around to now face Jenaday. And as the now mist-like face of Arisha met with Jenaday's, the glorious sapphire dragon began to breathe deeply and running her hand through the misty air now surrounding her head. Suddenly, my arousal came back full force as I watched Jenaday inhale every wisp of Arisha. Jenaday had repositioned herself to be standing, leaning forward to reach back and pleasure herself. The vertical slit of my mistress was on full display, and my mind could not stop. Its imagination running wild with fantasies untold. The more Jenaday fingered and rubbed her womanhood, the more of Arisha's misty form entered Jenaday's body, and the more of Arisha that became a part of Jenaday the closer I got to once again reaching climax. Jenaday's rear legs buckled, and a deafening roar escaped her maw, her own arousal clear now as a bead stretched down to the floor. Quickly, the sapphire beauty thrust her hips forward, pressing her paw hard into her womanhood. All the while, the last wisp of Arisha vanished from sight, and my climax brought me to my side. I buckled hard into my paw, ropes of my cum being thrown from the darkness and into the lighted entryway. For a moment, I felt closer to Jenaday and Arisha than I had ever before. Jenaday's breathing was heavy. My breathing was heavy and rapid. A calm fell over our entire home and I basked in the afterglow. However, it wasn't long-lived. Jenaday's voice broke the silence and startled me to my feet. So, she said, now standing up to face the doorway. You've disobeyed me, Nixon. I know you're there. My voice was caught in my throat, gripped with fear, and yet my erection wasn't being abated. 
Squeamishly, I replied, No, I... You... You didn't... A low rumble echoed through the room as Genaday made a few steps toward the entrance. I would have thought after all this time, I wouldn't have to tell you, but... Genaday stopped and brought her head low, peeking the front of her muzzle through the entryway and down at my level. She breathed in several times in quick succession. Was she... I'm... I'm... I'm so... I'm sorry. Sorry. Save your apologies, Nixon. I suppose your curiosity could not be helped. She lifted her giant head back up and turned around before speaking again. And you are correct. I never asked you to leave tonight. Enter our chamber so that you may witness everything. You've seen more than you should ever have. With my cock and knot still out of its sheath, I cowered my way into the room, still spurting streams of cum as my orgasm continued to wane. I followed Genaday to the far corner of the room, where one of the mountain streams had been diverted to give my mistress a place to bathe in peace. Genaday extended a claw, directing me to sit at the edge of the deep pool. Finally, my erection subsided but I could still feel the slight twitch from within. As I replayed what I had witnessed already, Jenaday entered the still waters before us. For her, this was just big enough to cover her body, but for me, it was almost as big as the lake on the outside of our home. I was mesmerized as Jenaday almost seemed to be dancing as she entered the waters. Her body was swaying side to side, causing waves to extend well beyond the edge of the once still water. Suddenly, she sank beneath the water before poking just the tip of her muzzle and nostrils above the surface. From there, a misty vapor trailed up and out. Before long, the entire surface of the water was covered by a dense fog, reminiscent of Arisha's colors but mixed irregularly. As I watched, I pondered. Could this be Arisha? What magic do these dragons behold? I was quickly answered as Jenaday lifted herself up and out of the water, quickly throwing water into the air and causing it to rain down. Simultaneously, the sapphire creature I so loved swung her wings and front paws around, seemingly erratically. Between the falling water and Jenaday's movements, the misty fog swirled and twisted, growing more condensed. After only a minute more, the translucent body of Arisha could be clearly seen floating on the water. Jenaday leaned down, putting her muzzle exactly where Arisha should have been, making it appear they were now kissing. After a click, Arisha was solid once more and her suddenly solid body caused a wave of water to move outward onto the edge of the pool. I was ripped back out of my own thoughts quickly, as Jenaday spoke loudly. Nexon, you've now witnessed our magical bond. You were never to speak of this. Y yes mistress, I replied, trembling with fear. I knew when she was angry. And this was exactly how she sounded now. <laughs> However, 
Jenaday never once said that I couldn't write this experience down, so that's exactly what I've done. And with that, we've reached the end of Delusions of Grandeur by Takeum Ironhoof. Continue to listen here as well as The Voice of Dog, where Khaki and friends bring you more wonderful tales from around the furry fandom. I'd also like to give a huge shout out to our Patreon members. In the top tier, we have Chestnut Luna, Dimbles, Fowler, and Wolflord. Being in the top tier, you have no idea how big that is for me and the podcast. It's truly humbling to have the support of amazing folks such as yourselves. The support you all have given is beyond what I have ever imagined. From the bottom of my heart, I thank each and every one of you. For our other patrons, Agador, Dream Merchant, Glared, Wasson, and Wolfie Wetfur, you guys are amazing as well. Each of you have been and continue to be instrumental to our success, and I'm proud to say that I know each of you. And to everyone who has listened to any of our episodes, thank you. Each and every time someone listens to our work, it really does mean the most to myself, the authors of these stories, and the voice actors that bring the characters to life. We hope to do this for a long time and continue bringing you furry erotica from all over the furry fandom. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed tonight's tale. Good night and come again. (laughs) 